Welcome to season number two, episode 17 of the Ag Lead Show, the podcast where we talk about what we often don't like to talk about in agriculture. Yes, the people side of the equation. If you've been listening to this show long, you know that I like to get into the conversations that are a little uncomfortable for people, talking about people, talking about working together, talking about family, talking about succession, talking about employees, drama, etc. Well, today, oh, we've got a great topic for you, unsolicited advice, something that none of us like and all of us get. You know, you're going to hear me have a little fun with some recent unsolicited advice that I received and just how well I felt it went for me, the receiver. Also going to offer you up a few tips for those of you, if you're thinking of advising others when it's appropriate to do it and when it's not. So join me for a fun conversation today about unsolicited advice. Okay, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you here. I am your host, Sarah Beth Aubrey. And as you know, today we are talking about Oh, a fun conversation, unsolicited advice. It really, who here has never been a victim of unsolicited advice? I can't see you, it's a podcast. You can't see me because it's a podcast, it's audio. But if we could, we'd all raise our hands, right? And I think that that is something that is a common theme. But what I don't think is common is how do you react to it? And why do people do it? So today we're gonna have a little bit of fun with me sharing a story about some unsolicited advice I recently received and then really sort of dissecting that. And I wanna turn it into a productive conversation because that's what we do in this podcast. We're here to help you enable good productive conversations that improve your business and your life. So we'll be taking it back after I share the story and taking it back down to, okay, when is advice a good thing? Because it is. And when is feedback important? Because it is essential, especially if you're a leader, you have to offer that in certain circumstances. So we'll go back to that stuff and really make sure that you're leaving this podcast going, okay, that was a funny story. She didn't really like receiving that unsolicited advice. I hope that I heard that if if I'm thinking about doing that. But at the same time, I don't want you to avoid providing good advising when it's merited and it may be your job or your responsibility. So we will get into that as well. But before we do that, again, we're starting our second season. Really excited to have the chance to start season two here this fall in 2020 and trying to just continue to up level and do good work on this podcast and share good experiences that people are having with our content and our materials. And I wanted to share a couple of three comments that we received via the blog and provide those to you. This one comes from Michelle. And she said, Sarah, when I saw your LinkedIn post and your newsletter that came out about unsolicited advice, I knew it was spot on for me. (laughs) Great working with you. Oh, and she offers this, love your new website design. And that, thanks a lot, Michelle, for those compliments. The website design compliment does not go to me. Uh, Jasmine Eisinger, who's on our team, is doing our marketing, has been working on that. And so shout out to her. Thanks, Michelle, for recognizing her. And for all of you listening, 
listening, check out sarahbethaubrey.com for a lot of different things. And I've got a couple of those I want to mention to you in just a moment that you can find there, but want to read these other two really nice comments that we received via the blog. Dear Sarah, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you sharing how strengths are gifts, but we can let them get out of balance. This, since we talked, has led to self-reflection on how to build influence with my team. Thanks so much again. Sincerely, Brad. Appreciate it, Brad. And and that's really true. I do a lot of training around Strengths Finder. It's now called Clifton Strengths. And the thing that we find is that we want to focus on our strengths, right? Those are the things that we can amplify to improve our impact. However, our strengths also can be our go-to things that we do. And when we get either stressed or pressured, or even if we get really excited, we're happy, sometimes those strengths can get out of balance, such as Brad was talking. And what do we need to do to make sure they're still working for us and not against us? So that was a great um, comment from from Brad and something I talk with clients about a lot. So thanks for him. Uh, This last comment comes from Sam. Sam says, thanks so much for sharing your personal story, your passion for agriculture and helping people. You are, it was so evident and it's contagious. I want to tell you thanks for reminding me to keep circling back and asking myself why. I want to deepen my self-awareness and use this time to deepen the self-awareness of those around me. Thanks for sharing your time, talent, and your dedication to the industry. Thanks a lot to you, Sam, for taking a moment to write a note. And if you would like to leave us a note, let us know how the podcast or our related blog, which is called Act Like a Pro, has helped you. We would love to hear from you and feature you here on the show. So thanks to Michelle, Brad, and Sam, our writers, for this time. Okay, just a couple more things before we get into the content. I want to share a little bit about new resources that we have and actually some additional existing resources, to be quite honest, that we have just featured in a more easy to access way. Again, thanks to Jasmine, who's been updating the website, sarahbethaubrey.com. You will find links to these things directly in the show notes, but there's a couple I want to make sure we mention. First is Elevate Ag online. So Elevate Ag is my peer innovation network. I've been leading this private network of, this is for producers, agricultural producers, of any product. It could be uh, livestock or crops. There is a nationwide group. And we've been meeting in person, and I have a a couple in-person groups. But I'm building a new version of Elevate Ag, and it's called Elevate Ag online. So we are launching that new group and we are currently accepting members. So this is a peer network. This particular version of it is 100% online. So we will meet 10 times a year. So almost monthly, we're going to take off at this point, I think May and October. Uh, We'll kind of decide that as we get into the group. It's 100% online. We will be using video. The events will be recorded, but it is a peer-to-peer network for growers in agriculture. We do have an application form that you can find at sarahbethaubrey.com slash elevateag. And again, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, We'll be starting the new class in January. So you do have a little time to take a look fill out the application. You and I will have a call to see if you're a fit. And But we will be accepting members all the time. So you can join now and um, we'll get you started. But the, the actual group will take place starting in January. But we will be taking new members 
at any time into that group. So it's a virtual group. There's a lot more to do it. I'll probably focus a little bit more in a future show. But if you're looking for a peer group in agriculture that is led by a professional and is going to have other individuals like you, but you need something that's less expensive than a live in-person option, these will be live. They'll just be virtual and is way more convenient for the way you're living and working today. Maybe you're a younger grower and you just can't get away from the operation. Elevate Ag Online is probably a good fit. Fill out that application and let me talk with you about it and we'll, we'll see if it works for you. The second program to mention also, sarahbethaubry.com, is a training program. This is called Ag Lead. Our new course will begin also in January, but enrollment for that will open November 15th. Ag Lead is not a peer group. So while you will have peer-to-peer -peer interaction, which is a cool aspect, this is a training program for young and emerging managers and leaders. We're going to cover management skills. I will be giving a module every month, and then we will have a discussion and a Q&A session every month. This is also 100% virtual. It's a six-month program. It has a start and a finish. Once we open enrollment, it closes after we get a cohort. So it, you know, if you like that and you want to do it, you got to get in because the program closes and we don't open it again until the second half of the year. I'll be telling you more about that too. But if you or others in your business need training to help improve your management, conflict resolution strategies, time management, onboarding, or other kinds of personnel skills, check out the Ag Lead training program at Sarah Beth Aubrey. Dot com. Okay, shall we talk about today's conversation with regard to unsolicited advice? So let me get into it. We're six months into this COVID-19 life. And I have to say that lately online, I guess kind of how this came about was I was noticing some of it, but then it happened to me, so to speak. Um, I've been seeing an uptick in rotten behavior. Now, you probably have too. Do not worry, we're not covering politics today. For goodness sake, there's plenty of other places to get that. But actually, what I'm seeing is a lot of people offering unsolicited advice. They, they want to tell how someone else should be doing something. Now, I don't know if that's just a new habit because people are bored compared to previous times or people have a sense of isolation that they didn't have before, or maybe the people that are giving out some of this rude, a lot of times, advice think that because they're online, that barrier, that they can be a little bit more insulting, or it's more appropriate to just sling out how you feel about somebody and why you're suddenly superior. <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is that maybe senders of these patronizing suggestions don't realize that their comments aren't welcome. So if you have a habit of doing that, you may want to rethink how that's perceived in today's blog. I'm hoping to impart that on you. So I'm going to use myself as an example, as someone who recently received some unsolicited advice from what air quotes, well-meaning reader of one of my columns suggested. Now, you can decide for yourself after you hear this little story. Maybe you'll think that I, you know, this wasn't uh, insulting and that's fine. But again, that's the critical little nugget. You see, it's about how this, the receiver perceives it. 
And that is where sometimes it makes it better to keep your trap shut. Here's the stage I'll set for you. Okay, so I write a lot of columns for national magazines. And these columns were written from, I write for a magazine. So as you can imagine, they are edited by professionals in the agricultural communications field and others. I mean, I write for Forbes sometimes as well. So I, these are edited by better editors than me. Um, so the reader of one of the columns, I'm going to talk to you about it in a second, was referencing a column that I'd recently done about conflict resolution tips. So let me set the stage. I was talking about a group of people in the piece you're going to hear in just a second. And most of us recognize that it's accepted today, including by the Associated Press style book and the American Copywriter Society, that we today use a version of they, as in T-H-Y. When we A, don't know the gender of one or more people in the question, or we don't know how many, or multiple other circumstances. In the sentences I'm gonna share with you next, I had used a version of the word they using their. Well, the reader took issue with my language. Here's his comments. I noticed a flaw, Miss Aubrey, which I'd like to bring to your attention. Please keep in mind that I am doing all of this in a very polite and tactful manner to benefit you. What you really meant to say and we're going to cover that in a second, was during the discussion, ask each party to explain his position and role. His is the needed singular and possessive pronoun. His aptly covers for persons of either sex. As I previously stated, Miss Aubrey, I am hoping that you will see the gravity of your error. And I realize or excuse me, please realize that I'm doing this for the sole purpose that you can shine more brightly as a journalist. I am not an English teacher or an English major. I don't have a college degree. Okay, end quote, end quote. So that is what my reader provided me for advice. There was more. That's not all he wanted me to know, but I abbreviated that to save us all from some tedium and you guys don't get the benefit of reading this because I read it to you, but not to mention a lot of spelling errors. If you read this, you'd catch a couple of them. And there were a lot of other grammatical problems, drop prepositions at the end of the sentences. He did not have correct punctuation in a variety of places. The advice giver and I did agree on one thing. After I read this, I can agree that he evidently is not an English teacher, or at least not a very good one. And oddly, I guess we, we could also both assume that he's not currently major, majoring in English, because it's funny to say I'm not an English major, as if he's not currently in college majoring in English, which I didn't assume, given the problems. So pretty funny, I thought, that this person did not like the way I had used they. He preferred that his covered everybody. And, well, you know, you just kind of go to pause. And again, maybe you as the listener don't, but I did. I actually think one of the funniest things about this was my husband, who after I read this to him, I was fuming a little. I mean, let's just be honest. People don't like unsolicited advice, right? That's the purpose of today's podcast. So on a side note, my husband actually thought it was hilarious that a man who's never met me endeavored to do something that he personally is afraid to do, which is tell me what I meant to say. Never, never, never a good idea. 
Okay, so enough of my complaining about the advising that I received that I obviously didn't care for. But I'm sharing that all with you, dear listener, for a couple of reasons. And here's where I want to pivot from whining to making this useful for all of us out there. So think about it this way. When we put ourselves out there, such as with this podcast, some of you might not like it, such as with a blog, such as with an article, speaking on a stage, doing a Facebook Live, whatever it is, we become targets of another person's thoughtless ego trip. That happens. Now, we can ignore these slights, which is really most frequently a good idea. Or in some cases, we can use them for good use. And that's what I'm trying to do here, even though it sounds like I'm just complaining. But like I said, I want to transition to what what could be beneficial from this situation. Here's the thing. I also want to point out that just because you ignore unsolicited advice does not mean you have a big ego or that you are personally above being corrected. That's not true at all. In fact, I'm not. As you remember from my earlier comments, I receive a lot of correction from the blogs and columns that I submit because I have professional editors to clean those up. You know, writing about the use of there is a preferred way to do that according to rules in the Associated Press style book. My editor and I could have opted for that, which we did, or we could have used the awkward his or her instead of they, which has largely fallen out of favor because it sounds chunky and it sounds a bit formal for a lot of the writing we do today, particularly when I'm writing a column, which is a personal account of something versus a news story or like those of you in college, an essay or a paper. So I'm not a writer or excuse me, I'm a writer. I'm not an editor. I know that. So I'm not above being corrected and probably neither are you if you receive unsolicited advice. You'll probably find flaws in how I spoke in this podcast, but I'm happy to still get this out here for you to hear, enjoy, and maybe learn something from. You see, thought leaders, whether we are at a big picture level or just have something really important to say on one day, that's what we do. So I want to point out that you shouldn't be afraid to put your material out there because someone is going to tear a piece of it down. Now, advising. I don't want you to leave this podcast avoiding giving advice when necessary, because for many of us, it's not only important, it's our role. Here's a couple comments. So if leaders in your organization, many of you will have to advise others with good reason, including the following. I've made a list. Productive advising could include, number one, feedback and discussion that's necessary for improvement or if it helps advance a project. Other areas where productive advice works, specific corrective actions that you as a supervisor may expect of an errant employee. Going along with that, you may need to be providing productive advice when the suggested areas for improvement in a performance review or another professional session, such as an executive coaching session, is appropriate. And advice and ideas that are given to you by a mentor, so someone you really respect, which usually means there's some open door for that, or secondly, an invitation, when the recipient of your advice asked you. Okay. 
So there are really good reasons to give advice. I'm in the consulting practice. I give advice all the time. Perhaps there are times when my client doesn't like it. Perhaps there are times when it's not warranted. But I do know that on a regular basis, unsolicited advice is something I avoid and you should too. (laughs) Unsolicited advice really just makes us squeamish when we receive it. And why is that? Pause. It's a squeamish feeling that we get with that unsolicited advice because it's only for the sender. Yes, unsolicited advice is for the sender. I pulled an article from Psychology Today, and the writer, his name is Seth Meyers, says that unsolicited advice givers are frequently, quote, long on judgment and short on self-awareness. Anybody know someone like that? Like this quote from him, not only are they not aware, apparently, of others' thoughts and feelings, but they also lack their own self-awareness. These individuals don't see how their actions are unwarranted or even uncalled for, and they may never stop to reflect on their own motivation for giving advice in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay, enough of this topic. I hope it was helpful to you. Here's the thing. Have we heard the phrase, pick your battles? I know you have, and you may use that in certain circumstances. Improving communication and interaction is all about that. When it's appropriate to make a corrective action statement, when it's appropriate just to keep your mouth shut, you know, both of those are strategies that are easy to use and important to employ. So as you go forward and think about when to give your perspective to others or to offer ways that they could correct their behavior, use your own good judgment and start first by checking your intentions. Also, don't waste your own good ideas on somebody who doesn't even want them. Most importantly, don't tarnish your reputation with somebody or damage a relationship by offering unsolicited advice. It's just a great way to do one or both of those things and people don't love it. All right, well, that is enough for me today on the topic of unsolicited advice. I hope this conversation has been interesting to you and that you can find ways you can use it in your work and life immediately. That's the purpose of our podcast here at Ag Lead Show. So if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to check out sarahbethaubrey.com for our new programs. Before you go, I do have one more offer for some of you. So the year 2020 has been unique for all of us. And I think for me, it is, I've saw something today that a person I follow says all businesses, not just those businesses that are having problems that you read about in the news or that you personally have experienced, but all businesses, any kind will have at least 25% change in the way they do business going forward. I thought that was a profoundly, smart statement and true. I mean, it's almost like a duh, right? We're, we know we're different now. And so some of you are out there going, there's something kind of noodling around in my mind about how I need to do my business different or how I need to start that business that I haven't started yet. Or I started it, I put it on the shelf, or I, it's part-time, but I'd like to take it full-time. 
there are a few of you out there who are really, really experiencing this hardcore right now. Like the idea is screaming at you. So for me, what's been whispering and it keeps getting louder in my ear is that it's time for me to share some of my skills on how I have built this consulting practice in the last 17 years. Every year uh, in all kinds of situations, I get people asking me, how'd you do that? How'd you pivot? How have you stayed in business? How did you sell your three companies? How'd you start two more? Where do you find market opportunities? How do you rebrand? There's a lot of those questions. And I've made the decision to share those with some of you who are ready. And I'm going to offer this to a specific market right now. This is going to be private. You're not going to see this advertised. But if you're listening and you are a woman in agribusiness and you're looking to start or grow an entrepreneurial venture, I'm offering a private 10-person coaching training program that's six months. If you want to talk to me about going through this program with me and a very small group of others about how you actually get that company launched, then this is the time. So info at sarahbethaubrey.com is how you reach me directly to have a conversation to see if that's right for you. Thanks for joining us today on our episode number 17 of the Ag Lead Show. As you know, the podcast where we talk about what we don't often like to talk about in agriculture, the people and how to live and work with our friends, neighbors, and family in agriculture and agribusiness. If you like the show and you want to share it with others, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribing is easy. There's a link in the show notes. And you will never forget to attend one of our shows again. We'll send you an email where you will get notified when our shows drop every other Wednesday. Won't be too much for your inbox, but just enough to keep you listening and being informed on how to have improved communication, conversation, and successful interactions with your peers, family, and friends in agribusiness. So for everyone listening, thanks again for joining us here on Ag Lead.